Well, I think for a lot of people, you know, um, mediumship or any form of intuition, I think sometimes for a lot of us, it calls us. And for me, you know, I don't feel as though I even had a choice <laughs> in this matter. Um, you know, I believe we are all energetic beings. So I feel that first and foremost, everyone has the ability to be able to sense and perceive that we're all sensing and perceiving individuals. But quite honestly, I, I grew up in a very small town in the Midwest in Indiana. And when I was a little girl, I was very, very close to my grandmother. And I grew up on a farm, we spent every day together. She was my BFF. And when I was six years old, she had a heart attack and passed away in her garden. And I was devastated. And I remember um, going to her funeral. So it was at her funeral where kind of all of my senses, perceptions, everything kind of got, came online because at her funeral, we were, you know, she was a very pious woman and we were at the church and right before the service started, um, I heard someone call my name. We were sitting in the pew at the church. There was an open casket in front of us. Okay. So I could see her body in this open casket. And I heard someone call my name, um, my nickname. And someone said, Hey, pumpkin. And I remember looking up and being like, okay, where did that come from? And I turned around and all of a sudden, I saw my grandmother uh, walking down the center aisle of the church, dressed in her Sunday best, <laughs> um, surrounded with a few friends. And she walked to the, to the end of our pew, stopped, turned to me and said, hello, pumpkin. And I was like, Grandma, what are you doing? What what are you doing here? You're supposed to be up there in that casket. What's going on? You're supposed to be up there. I remember being shocked and being like, what is going on? And she said, well, pumpkin, she said, I'm here for my big day now. She was like, you need to talk to your parents and you need to scoot down and make some room for me. And P.S. I've got some friends with me here too. And welcome everybody to Haunting Live Podcast this week. We are back live, so thank you so much for being here. We appreciate all the support you show us here on the show. And uh, welcome to this week's show. We do have a special guest this week joining us here live today. Uh, we have Lindsay Marino here joining us, and she's going to be coming on in just a minute. But we got some huge news for you guys this week. Uh, we are officially sponsored here at Haunting Live Podcast now. So uh, we recommend that you guys go check out our sponsor after or during the show and check them out. And uh, we'll bring on our guest right after we play a quick little ad here for our sponsor. But before we get to that, uh, we want to welcome everybody to the show today. Uh, we have a bunch of new stuff up also on our blogs that we post. So check out our recent blog posts. We have some interesting articles there. And we also have some new videos as well. We just posted to our YouTube channel. So you guys can check out a brand new in-depth Paradox interview that we did with the Strange Familiars podcast host, Timothy Renner. Some really cool stuff. 
uh, talking about aliens and uh, UFOs and Bigfoot and ghost stories as well. So a bunch of cool stuff that we talked to him about and recommend that you go check out that Paradox interview that we just did recently. It's up on our YouTube channel right now. Uh, but before we get to our guest today, like I said, we are officially sponsored here at Haunting Life Podcast, and our sponsor is The Most Gifted Psychics. So let's check them out quickly before we get to our guest, and we'll see you at the other side of the ad here. Before we bring on our special guest this week on Haunting Life Podcast, we recommend you visit our official sponsors for Haunting Life, The Most Gifted Psychic. Visit our sponsor, The Most Gifted Psychics, by calling 866-228-2883 and mentioning code word Haunting Live and receive their promo of 10 minutes for just $10. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Even if you don't like the reading, they'll refund your purchase. Again, visit our official sponsor, The Most Gifted Psychics, by calling 866-228-2883. 2883 and mentioning the code word haunting live. So that's our big news this week. We are officially sponsored. We recommend you guys check out the most gifted psychics and see what they're all about. Uh, and thank them for helping us out here at Haunting Life Podcast. But with that, um, let's bring on our guest today and uh, talk to Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you for being here live with us on Haunting Life Podcast. I know you're all the way in Florida, so thank you so much for joining us here today on the show. Of course. I'm I'm so excited to have our conversation because there's so many different things that have come up. <laughs> yeah, lots of different things we're going to talk about today. Um, but first thing I usually ask the guests is, how did you get into psychic mediumship and uh, what drew you into the field? So for me, it's interesting because I grew up Catholic, so it's not something that I ever thought that I was going to be involved with. I was always into angel saints and the blessed mother. Um, and I thought I was going to retire as a third grade teacher. So I went to school to be a teacher, but for me, um, my boyfriend, my former boyfriend passed in 2007 in a motorcycle accident. And that's what started to ignite everything. And I started to receive signs from him and I saw him in visitations. And that's where my journey began with the spiritual awakening. And I started to connect the dots from my childhood. Um, when I used to have different spiritual experiences, I just kind of didn't really pay attention to them, just thought that they were typical experiences. And that's when it all started for me. Was it hard growing up in the Catholic family to reach between paranormal or mediumship and this field and being Catholic? It's funny because I feel like my family never put the pressure on me. I feel like it was more me going to CCD and putting the pressure on myself that I thought everything was a sin. So I really thought that it was a sin to go to a psychic. I didn't know what a medium was, but once the experience happened for me where I had lost my boyfriend, Nick, I felt like my passion for connecting with him to make sure that he was okay. And he was still around was stronger than any kind of thought of, is this a sin? I just thought this is healing for me. So that kind of went out the window for me. So there was a more of a personal connection and drive for you to figure out what was happening and what was going on with these visitations and um, then it was worrying about your religious side. Exactly. Exactly. That was more of my focus. And that's where the development started because I wanted to dive deeper in connecting in with him. And then it, the breadcrumbs led me through development classes 
and mentors and really spending a lot of time um, giving practice readings for years to other people. Uh, what started you on your development, though? Did something you mentioned you started having visitations? So, can you explain a little yeah. bit about how that started? So, for me, I, when Nick first passed, I don't know if it was the next day or or that week. I can't tell you the time frame because it kind of blended together. Um, I saw him in a visitation, and he said, "You're not going to see me for a while, but I'm still going to be around you." And this was telepathic communication. So, I remember in this dreamlike state of seeing his soul, I wanted to ask him a bunch of questions and say, wait, what do you mean? And, but he just stood there and told me that through that telepathic communication. After that, I had already been receiving like a feeling that he was around, but it confirmed it for me. And I knew that that was the thing that was going to get me out of bed was to pay attention to his signs, to know that he was there. So I really spent a lot of time by myself because I didn't want to be around a lot of people. Um, and I was teaching the third grade. So during that time, my students were actually giving me messages from Nick. They just didn't know that they were. So they would write me stories. Like one of my students I can think of right now, he was very, he was overactive. I loved him, but he was always out of his seat, never doing the right thing. And one day he came up to my desk and said, Miss Marino, I drew you a picture, even though he was supposed to be doing something else in our class. And I looked at it and it was a, a picture of Hawaii. And um, it, it talked about Miss Marino and Nicholas um, and Hawaii. And that's a place that we were supposed to go. So he, he didn't know that, but this is what came out in the writing. Um, but that's just one of the students that came up and shared things with me that were signs. So at that time, I thought, you know, I knew I was in deep grief, but I just had a feeling in my heart with these signs. And I said a prayer. I said, okay, if you're really giving me these signs, then send me a medium to confirm this. And that's when a medium kind of came out of the woodwork and went out uh, to lunch with a skeptical friend of mine. And um, Nick started communicating through the medium to get messages to me. And once I got that healing and that confirmation, I thought, okay, if this is healing me, I want to be able to heal other people. And that's when the development really started, where I started to take the classes and practice honing in on that skill. And it, the journey began. So it was a very interesting pro process. Sounds interesting. Did the children in your class ever say that they had a visitation themselves or did they see somebody telling them what I to actually, do or did they explain it's, how? It's funny because I, I do remember one little student in my class coming up to my desk and she was scared because she said, Miss Marino, I was just floating above my desk and I, I could see myself sitting but I didn't know how to get back in to where I was sitting. And I remember her telling me the story. I knew that she was having an outer body experience and she was a highly sensitive um, child. Uh, and, you know, you have to be careful of what you say, but I was just like, well, next time, just to, just imagine yourself sitting in the chair and your feet are touching the ground. She was one that was always daydreaming. And her mom always told me that she was very sensitive to energy too. So her mother was open to that sort of thing too, but, um, that was one experience, but the other kids that would come up and do different things, they didn't know that 
it was really connecting in an intuitive way or a mediumistic way. They just happened to be in my presence and maybe singing a song at the right time that lined up or drawing a picture and not knowing. I would just kind of smile to myself and not say anything, you know, and just know, you kind of know in your heart, like, okay, thank you for that sign. And because our, our past loved ones come through so often, they use children too and animals to give us those signs, which you probably recognize yourself too. You, you probably experienced that, but I think it's, it's important to pay attention to the children because they are very sensitive to this sort of energy. Well, they, they are. Children are more open and aware of things than we think they are because they haven't been told their whole life, right? There's no such thing as ghosts. And that's what usually parents tell them or it's your imaginary friends. So they, exactly. they don't have that limitation yet that we all have as we grow it's up so true. and they're more open and yes, children are more open to that. I think so. Right. Um, yeah. So what happened then after when you started having these signs from your, your children in your class, you started having more signs come through. Um, at what point did you physically say, okay, this is the direction I know that I want to take to be a medium. That's a good question. I think it was after I took my first development class, it kind of all happened fast. I had to apply for the class. And once I got the notification that I got in, I was like, oh, wait, I don't know if I should do it right now. <laughs> you know, I kind of wanted to like pull back because I didn't know for sure. I had signed up for another class at the same time in another direction. Um, but I took the class and it was a week long. It was, it was more than five days. It was like, there were two parts to the class. Like one was just the mediumship um, piece of private readings, learning how to give the private readings. And then the other half was learning how to give group platform readings. And I didn't sign up for that until I was actually in the other class. And I decided to extend the class and, and take it further. But it was almost as if I, I was intrigued and I wanted to learn more and help other people, but I never actually thought that I was going to do it in the way that it carried out. Cause I was doing you know, free practice readings for years for friends of friends and uh, family members of friends. And when it got really busy and I took that class, I knew that there was more to it where, okay, now I'm really doing this. This is taking my time and energy. And I feel my heart. I, I see people healing from these readings. And I know the power of the healing that takes place, knowing that our loved ones are still around and that they didn't truly die. I want to normalize that, that mediumship is so, it's just a frequency away. And that was my big passion from the beginning was to help other people. Um, and then things got really busy and I knew I couldn't be a third grade teacher in the system and the psychic medium. I had to choose so that things got very busy and I knew that, okay, it's time to exit the public school system. How was the transition for you then? How was moving in from being a teacher all those years to changing a career, basically? Yeah. So it was an experience because I had a lot of people looking at me like, oh gosh, here, Lindsay's grieving, you know, and Lindsay all of a sudden, you know, lost her boyfriend at the time. She's going through this rough patch. They didn't know the behind the scenes things that I was doing 
to develop the mediumship and taking the time to really go through the grief. I think they probably thought, okay, that she's going crazy right now. <laughs> Some people were thinking that, um, but then other people that really truly knew me knew what was happening behind the scenes. So there was like a split. Um, but I had a lot of people say, why would you leave your third grade teaching position? You've been teaching for seven years. You're considered, you know, the highly effective teacher and you're locked in the system. Why would you leave that? And I couldn't explain it on paper. I just knew in my heart, I had to trust it. So I think paying attention to the resistance around me and kind of having that feeling where I knew in my heart what the right thing to do was, but then the other human side of you is like, okay, wait, am I really doing this? <laughs> that, that could, I had moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Once I did it though, I felt like I had to decide how much time I was putting forth towards the readings, because as a teacher, you're working like eight hours a day for readings, doing eight hours of readings. It's not sustainable. It really isn't. So I had to really figure out what worked for me when it came to still teaching. Cause I, I actually teach about mediumship and uh, business and intuition along with doing the readings. I had to figure out what felt right for me to do it. Did you think that you had some guidance while you were doing that? Did you have some push from maybe the other side, like spirit guides or something helping you guide you down your path? I felt that. I felt, I, I feel like I have like an entourage of um, people that have been around me that have helped me and that are part of this organism that's taken place. I don't feel like it's just me doing the work. I feel like I'm here and I'm facilitating certain things, but I feel like there's a bigger picture here. Um, of even people that I've connected in with that I still feel are around me, even though I never met them when they were here, you know, they just were clients, um, that came to me getting readings from different people coming through in the spirit realm. So I do feel that I feel that I've been supported in ways that, because looking back, like that's not something that I would have ever guessed that I would have left, you know? It, there was an energy that took over where there was no way of not doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, something made sure that you went down that path and it does, that's something that you were meant to do. So, Yes, right. And how, how has it been since you started doing it for a business full time then? I assume you do it full time now? Yes. So I've been doing it full time for since 20, I want to make sure I'm saying the right date, but I feel like it was 2014 or 2015. My husband always knows the date and I, I forget the exact date. Um, and I feel like it's been so interesting because it's organically grown over time. And I feel like it's been so busy in a really good way. And everything that I've been through with my development, I've put in the process of like the struggles that I faced. I make sure that I put that in the curriculum when I'm working with psychic mediums. And I find that a lot of psychic mediums have the same things pop up and it's always around mindset and trusting yourself when you're doing this work, because it's very easy to get stuck in your head and think, am I really doing this? <laughs> and you do have to take the time to really be surrounded with other psychic mediums because 
they might've gone through what you're going through, or it's just a spot for you can, so you can share the celebrations and the things that are struggles that can come up too. It's so important to have that group of people that you could be connected with. And that's why I love creating a safe community for people to practice together. And then also letting people know that, you know, anyone can do this. You don't have to study for 20 years to know how to connect with the other side. You can do it immediately. How fast did it come for you? Like when you started studying, started working with other mediums, how fast did it come in for you that you were communicating with spirit? Yeah, it was actually right away because when Nick passed, I felt his presence and then I was getting signs. And then when it was confirmed outside of myself, um, I was like, okay, so all this information that I have written down really is confirmed. It's like, I'm really getting this information, but I think because I knew him, I wanted to practice with people that I didn't know. I remember one time I was out at like a, a bar with friends and I remember going out and I remember thinking, oh, I don't really want to go out, but I'm forcing myself to go out. Maybe it will be a good night of just relaxing and laughing and just getting out of my apartment. And I remember we went and met up with my, one of my friends, friends, group of friends. Um, and one of the guys brought a friend that was there and we just got chatting and it was about, um, spirituality. And then all of a sudden his mother came through his mother that had passed. And I said, are you open if it you know, happens? Cause I do sense your mother around and I started to give him details about his mom being a nurse and shared information about how tall she was and the message that she had for him because he was struggling with his father getting in a new relationship. And the mother said, it's okay. Like, I'm happy for him. So that message, that moment of connecting in with a stranger's past loved one was the igniter, one of the igniters at the beginning um, of this process. And then there was Reiki. That was another um, igniter, I think, that happened even before that, where I had an experience with Reiki um, and getting intuitive or mediumistic information. Uh, what happened there? Was it something that um, you were doing to somebody like Reiki healing or was it something being done to you? Yeah. So I had a friend that really knew that I was in like a really difficult place. Um, and she said, do you mind if I come over? Are you open? If I give you some energy healing? And I'm like, what's that? And she told me a little bit about Reiki. She gave me Reiki. I felt the energy and I thought I want to do this too. Cause I'm feeling this healing. So she attuned me to Reiki. And then she told me about a Reiki circle that was coming up where, you know, you would just go and sit in like a, a space, like a yoga studio and this uh, Reiki session, we had to send Reiki through our eyes instead of our hands. And the lady, uh, the Reiki practitioner that was leading the group said, okay, just send someone Reiki from across from you. And if you get something intuitively that comes in, tell the person what you're getting. So when that happened, um, I went up to the girl that I sent Reiki to, and I said, for some reason, I keep seeing a, an image of a baby and, um, I think I felt like some sadness around that baby, but there was a, there was detail around it that felt like everything's going to be okay. Well, supposedly, um, the girl that I was sending Reiki to, she had lost, she had a miscarriage and it was the anniversary of the baby's death that day. And I was picking up on the baby that was around her. 
So that these experiences built my confidence to know that, okay, I'm experiencing something. And then it just kind of escalated from there where someone would ask me for a reading and then someone else would, and then it just kind of led to those processes of just getting new people to work with and practice with too. That's really different. I've um, been around people that do Reiki. I've had it done to myself as well in the past. It really does help with the healing process, but I haven't heard of that format of doing it with your eyes before. That's totally new. Did I help you in opening up into seeing spirit or communicating or verifying what you're doing is in any it's way or interesting. It's different. I, I know it was the first time I ever did that. And probably the last time I was told to do Reiki like that, I think because we're trying to do it without our hands and she was giving us different opportunities to send through. Um, I always feel like I've been strong in clairvoyance where seeing images. And there was a point where I was struggling with trying to get away from seeing, like I wanted to still see, but I also wanted to strengthen the clairsentience, the feeling of spirit. So I feel like over time, things have evolved with my mediumship where there are moments where I strengthen one area and then focus on another strength. And I always say to people that are developing, mediumship is a mirror for our personal life. So for some reason, you know, we're not feeling spirit. It could be because there's a part of us that are, that is numbing out, you know, with our own emotions. And that's what was happening to me at different points. So I had to really be more in touch with my emotions and become aware of it. And that's when my clear sentience kind of sped up. But that Reiki session, I feel like ignited confidence and probably gave me the sense that I can get, receive information through images too, in a different way. So it probably did something, Um, but there's been some interesting experiences, even with music, um, with mediumship too. Sure. Do you have anything that you'd like to share about those experiences with us? Yeah. So I have one story and it's interesting because before I got on the show, this is a side note. I was at the beach and I, I know we spoke for a couple minutes before the show about the beach, but I was at Clearwater Beach and I was walking back to my car to head home to do this interview. And I walked past a restaurant and a song was on in the restaurant and I can't tell you who sings the song, but it's, it's all about, um, start me up. It's like, it talks about like, um, there's lyrics of like, don't make a, you, you can, you know how to make a grown man cry and it's start me up. It's like an old song. Um, before I heard that song today, yesterday, I got the message that I was supposed to share the story and I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll share it. Maybe I won't. And then as I'm walking to my car, all of a sudden I walk by and hear the song. So I have to share it now. Um, I was doing a reading for a mother, um, for a, a, a wife actually, um, of a man that passed and he came through during the reading and he started talking about how he was watching over his little daughter and how she knows how to make a grown man cry. That's what he said. I heard his words of saying, she knows how to make a grown man cry. And I told this to his wife and she started getting goosebumps. And she said, oh my gosh. (laughs) She said every day from the time that she was born for like weeks, he was crying, just looking at her. Um, 
when he would look at our baby and he, he spoke about this. Well, after that reading, I hung up the phone with her and I got in the car to go someplace and I heard the song start me up and the lyrics to the song really were magnified out to me. And it says, you know how to make a grown man cry. And it was just confirmation from the reading that I had just done. And I thought it was pretty amazing because I knew that this man was coming through for his daughter, sharing information with his wife that lost him, that he's still around his daughter. And he's bringing up the fact that he was crying and it was almost like a joke that he would just look at her and cry. And then the song came on and it's funny that it happened today too. So they will use music in different ways. And I didn't even connect the dots that that was an actual song. I just heard him say that phrase. So whenever I hear the song, I always think of him. And very interesting that you heard it today, just the day that you were coming on our show here. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I definitely don't believe in coincidences. Mm. I always believe in messages from heaven. Yeah, definitely for sure. Have you gotten many messages like that in the past? Or is that something that kind of forces you to continue giving messages to people? Yeah, I have had my own experience where I heard uh, a song that wasn't playing when I was waking up in the morning. I literally heard a speaker. It sounds almost like, um, how do I describe it? It sounds close yet far away. And it, I heard Everything's Gonna Be Okay by Bob Marley. And I heard it playing when I woke up. And it was very clear, like someone was playing it in another room and nobody was. Um, but I heard it in that way. Now, sometimes with clear audience, when you're hearing, you might hear it like a thought come in and other times you might hear it like literally someone's speaking in your ear. And usually I found that that happens when I'm half asleep, like either just waking up or just going to sleep. That does seem to be the time people get messages like that. It's that in between sleep area where you start seeing things or hearing things right. at, at night. So, Yeah. I, yeah, totally. I get that sometimes too. So do you, mm -hmm. so you understand that feeling of it's like everything else isn't distracting us and we're just more tuned in at that moment. Yeah. It's supposed to be that time that your brain is relaxed. You're not busy like during the daytime where your brain's all active and your brain at nighttime is starting to settle down, but you're not quite in REM sleep yet. And yes. you're starting to receive strange messages or hear things at that time. So, yeah, totally. Um, so let's go next to your day-to-day -day things. What sort of services do you provide for your clients day-to-day? -day? Yeah, so day-to-day, -day, um, I'll either give in-person readings in Tampa, um, or and I like to travel a lot home to Boston and St. Louis, with, where my husband's from. And then I do phone readings. But if people are out of the country, we'll go on Zoom. So I offer psychic or mediumship readings. And then I also have... Um, online courses related to mediumship, whether it's beginners or if you've had, you know, 20 years of experience. Um, and I, I also offer um, psychic mediumship business programs too for people that are doing this work and it's their mission to kind of carry it out. And I, I love having my mediumship membership for mediums to kind of be together and have a community. So I really like to, um, work with other psychic mediums and help them, you know, deepen and grow their businesses too in their abilities. That's great that you don't only have people that have questions like people come to see a medium or a psychic for, but you actually help other mediums in the field too. 
Yes. I love that. I love that. And when I'm not doing private readings, I'll do like audience events too with the mediumship. Let's go. So you do like live stage events. Yes. Yeah. So I'll go to different areas. I've actually been, I know you're in Canada. I've been um, to Canada to do uh, an event in Niagara Falls area. And then I'll kind of go, um, I've been in Massachusetts and Florida and um, St. Louis and traveled around to different places too. So I really enjoy that also. Um, it's interesting the different modalities that can come up um, when you're working with different people, but I like to have that balance where I'm also living my life as a human outside of this work, because it's really um, important to have that balance to integrate into your life where you, you know, you're still human. And then you're also doing the work so that you're good for your clients too. And you're recharged and energized when you do work with them. So I'm very particular about scheduling when I do this work. Right. You don't want to overbury yourself with your schedule and your clients. Uh, what type of things do yes. you do to encourage people to, I guess, relax or what kind of words do you have for people after you have a session? Okay. That's a good question. I always suggest like enjoying the moment and being really present with the session. Like don't take notes during the session. I really recommend like really feeling the presence of your loved one. That's there. If you're getting in a psychic reading, you're just being present and feeling the energy of it. And then at the end, taking notes and really taking it in, like not going out and doing something directly after, like take like five minutes to just really comprehend like what happened during the session too. That's a big thing that I would say. Yeah, that's a good idea for people not to be rushed into it to want answers right away. Sometimes the answers don't come right away during a session either. Sometimes you'll get a sign after your session, like days after or something. So that is so true. That's so true. And sometimes when you're under pressure, trying to think like, can I relate to this? You get like something called psychic amnesia where you're like, I don't, I can't think of this on the spot. But then when you don't have that pressure, like you said, it comes later. Great. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to share? Any experiences or a cool story that um, maybe something happened to one of your clients that you had one time or anything you can think of to share with us? The one last story that keeps popping in my mind was a story where I gave a reading to someone. I, I want to say it was her brother that passed and he kept on showing, you know, the um, sneakers when they're tied together with the laces. He kept on showing me that um, in the reading and supposedly he either liked to do it or someone took his sneakers and tied them together and like threw them over like like a wire or something. And I told her about that. And she's like, yes, that, that makes sense. Um, and I left the reading from driving from this reading. And for some reason I went down a different street. I don't know why I just went home a different way. And when I, well, I do know why now I, I went down the street and I look up at the light that I was at and there was dangling sneakers hanging from the line. And I thought, thank you for that extra confirmation, you know, that you were coming through just a few minutes ago, ended up driving down the street and then the sneakers showed up. So I think it's really beautiful that the spirit realm, they're thankful too when we get the messages out and they will show you things, even as a medium, you might get confirmation after the reading. And I think it's important if mediums are listening or 
even clients listening that are, have possibly gotten a reading before that sometimes after the reading is when the magic happens too, you know? Yeah. A lot of time it flows that way. Like you don't necessarily understand why you're getting messages. Maybe the medium doesn't even know why you're getting messages at the time. And yeah. the client may often say, well, I don't understand that, but later on it'll come clear to them. So yeah. Totally. Yes. And doesn't every, every neighborhood have that some shoes hanging off the wire somewhere? <laughs> it's funny because I hadn't seen that in years. I hadn't seen that in years and it was the weirdest thing that it just so happened to be on the street that I never went down. Um, but, and that was the first time it ever came up in a reading too. So that was very interesting. Yeah, definitely a sign for sure. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Lindsay, for coming on our show today and sharing your stories and your experiences that you had. It's been wonderful having you. But before we let you go, is there anything else that you've been working on? Any projects or things that you want to share with us before we let you go? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show because I love talking to you. Um, the thing that I have coming up is a mentorship, medium mentorship. So that's coming up in the fall. And then my self-study program, whether someone's a beginner or 20 years of experience, it's called Unlock Your Inner Medium. So on my website, there's some free resources and then also some other um, things that are on there that are more for paid mentorships or self-study courses to do wherever you are. Um, and that's on my website. Okay, wonderful. And I think you showed me also you have some cards that you want to show off before oh, yeah. we go. Oh, yeah. This is my the Oracle deck. Whether you're a medium or you are someone that's just wanting to pull a, a card, it's a 55-card deck of healing messages from past loved ones. And one night I was in bed and I was guided to make this deck. And I actually thought I was going to make an intuition deck, but I was told to make this. So it's pretty interesting, the stories that come about from using the cards. You can never choose the wrong card either. That's on my website too. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, the cards sometimes choose you as well. So Totally. Especially yes. if you design them yourself too. So Right, right. Well, thank you, Lindsay. It's been wonderful having you today. And uh, thank you so thank much for sharing everything you did today with us here on Haunted Life. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you very much and have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, that was Lindsay Marino. She joined us for Haunting Live here today. So hope you uh, enjoyed her stories as much as we did and uh, her insights to how she became a medium. So really wonderful to have her here live with us on Haunting Live podcast. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, don't forget if you missed the live show here on YouTube, you can always listen to it later when you have time on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Haunting Live on any app and you should be able to find us and check through all of our past episodes as well. Uh, also, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of today's show, uh, we have a bunch of new articles uh, posted on our blog, on our website. Our official website is hauntinglivepodcast.com. So I recommend that you go and read some of our new articles. We're trying to post more up all the time for you, uh, different articles on different things in the paranormal world. And uh, go check that out. Also, uh, we are officially sponsored now here at Haunting Live, so that's the big news for this week. Uh, we are sponsored by The Most Gifted Psychics, and we recommend that you go check them out as well. There's links on our website, and uh, you'll see the ad here on Haunting Live as well every week now. So I uh, recommend you go check out The Most Gifted Psychics for our official Haunting Live podcast sponsors. Really excited about that. 
Otherwise, guys, have a great rest of your week. And don't forget, if you also want readings, check out Chris. He is on Divine Oracle Readings every Friday night at 8 o'clock as well. You can check that out on our website too for the details. So, But with that, everybody, thank you for watching this week. And uh, be here next week for our new guest. And uh, we'll see you back here next week, Sunday at 4 o'clock. Have a great rest of your week, guys. The intuitive part happens when all of a sudden you realize that you're looking at pictures, right? You're looking at pictures on cardboard that somehow makes so much sense to you or your sitter that you can't really explain why, right? Because it's, you know, tarot is a strange thing to do. It's not very logical. Uh, when you start to try, you know, to break down why it works. It's one of those things that I was, you know, I would say it shouldn't work, but it does. It wasn't until after I started uh, meditating when I was probably in my, I guess my 40s or so, um, because I was on Wall Street, I was getting you know totally stressed out. I started meditating every single day just to relax. And after about 12 months of meditation, one day I had a spiritual awakening where all of a sudden I saw four spirits in my mind's eye. And I had this dramatic experience, which was absolutely beautiful. And after that uh, awakening, it was really where all of a sudden the door kind of reopened. So this guy, you know, I was giving him, his mother showed me what I looked, what she looked like. And she was giving me evidence of her life and how she passed and all these things. And he's just acknowledging, yes, 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 yes. I'm not sure, whatever you're not sure of, just write down, you'll remember it later. Um, and just before the spirit was about to be done and I was about to wrap up the reading, she gave me the finger. My face dropped and I'm like, oh shoot. I'm like, why did she do that? Cause that never happened to me before. And I'm going, why did she do that? Do I tell him? Do I do I say this to him? And I said, I, I can't withhold information. So I said, listen, sir, I don't know how to tell you this. And it's a little strange cause this never happened to me. I says, but your mom gave me the finger. He was laughing so hard to the, to the point of tears. Uh, as spirit works with us, um, when the student is ready, the teacher comes, and there was an elderly gentleman that came to get massage work. There was something about him that was so different. The, the white hair, the, the most crystal blue eyes I'd ever seen. So he's on the table, and he's telling me he has this shoulder problem. And I said, okay, I can do blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, no, we're going to do something different today. So I placed my hand above, and I felt the discrepancy where the injury was. And he said, I want you to take your hand and move this energy around. And then afterwards, I looked at him and I said, well, who are you? Where did you come from? And he just smiled at me. He goes, I'm just a traveler. Miss this week's episode? Watch it on RIB, Rhode Island Broadcasting. Replaying our episodes every week on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Follow them on social media, on Facebook, or on YouTube.